Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa and welcome to the Melanated Muslim Podcast episode one. So I want to start off by saying that this is going to be about my journey to Islam. I am on this journey. Well, how do I say this? I've been on this journey for a long time, but I officially been Muslim for almost two months. So I'm still learning the phrases. I may say them a little bit incorrectly. But inshallah, I will learn how to do them right. So just want to give you that disclaimer. I'm relatively new to the religion and I'm trying my best, um, subhanAllah. So let's get into this. So this is the first episode. I'm so excited that you guys are here and listening to me and wanted to learn more about my journey to Islam. So let's just start out by saying, I told you I've been Muslim for almost two months. I converted on August 24th, 2022. That's when I did my Shahada, um, Alhamdulillah. And we are here now. And this podcast, if you haven't listened to the introduction, has been in my mind for a while now since when I was researching about Islam. I didn't see that many women who looked like me who were talking about their convert story. So let's just start off with like my knowledge of Islam before I start to dive in it. I always knew what Islam was because where my grandpa lived in Brooklyn, close to the Barclay Center in bed in Bedside, there's a lot of Muslims around that re, um, area. I always see women in their hijabs around that area. Like, you know, some of the stores would play the Adan. The Adan is the call to prayer. So I would hear it and I always knew what they were. And I was just like, okay, like it wasn't a big deal to me. And my mom is someone who is open-minded and always had friends from different cultures and like for some reason I always knew what Muslims like some information about what Muslims do and so forth and to treat them with respect because you know I was in second grade when you know 9-11 happened all those horrible Muslim stereotypes were coming out and my mom was always say like oh those are just stereotypes and so forth so she was really like making sure that I didn't fall into that and knew more about the culture and stuff like that. She was always watching documentaries that like talked about Muslim struggles and stuff like that and what's going on in the Middle East and all that. And like with from like the Middle East, from the people in the Middle East perspective. So shout out to my mom for always being open to other religions and learning about different cultures with me and allowing me to be open minded to other people's cultures. So let's talk a little bit about my religious journey. So I grew up, I guess you can say I grew up in a Christian household. I guess you could say that I wasn't baptized as a kid or nothing. My mom is Catholic and my dad is Anglican. Those are two different um, denominations of the Christian church. So I wasn't baptized. I didn't really go to church. I like didn't really know that much about Christianity, like besides from what was in my children's Bible. And the children Bible that I had did not have anything about revelations or so forth. So growing up, I didn't really know like when people would do the Our Father pray, like Our Father who art in heaven, thou be thy name, thou kingdom come, that will be done. That's all I knew. I don't know the rest. <laughs> so growing up, I did not, you know, know any of that stuff or know a lot of the like phrases and the songs that came with. Christianity, because I didn't go to church. I wasn't involved in that. And I went to public school. I know some, you know, and I also lived in upstate New York. So I didn't grow up in the Brooklyn where there's a large Caribbean population. They send those kids to charter school where they have, you know, 
information about the Bible and where the Bible is taught and they know all those stuff. I didn't go to do that. I was in public school my whole life and we don't have religious classes in public school. So fast forward to me learning more about Islam and stuff like that. I would say I always knew, like, I was aware of Muslims. There was Muslims in my school. I would learn, hear them say stuff and, like, you know, treat them like normal people. But what intrigued me more to Islam was in 2015, my mom's friend, B, may peace be upon her, she passed away. Um, She had an event at RPI with this, it was pay homage to this guy she used to dance with. Back in the day, he passed away. So they were having like a little celebration for him. So mostly, I believe everybody who was in the group were like either were born Muslim or converted to Islam later on in life. So during that event, they had Sheikh Rashid Lamti, who's a Ghanaian imam, come. Sorry, I forgot to turn off my phone volume. Let me do that now. They had him come and recite the Quran. Now, I never heard a recitation of the Quran before in my life. As soon as he started saying parts of the Quran, I started crying. I heard all the stuff about Christianity and all that throughout my whole life, but nothing ever brought tears to my eyes. And sometimes when I think about that moment, it brings tears to my eyes again, just of like how beautiful I thought the Quran was. I didn't have no idea what he was talking about, what part of the Quran he was reciting, but alhamdulillah, it touched me. So after that, somehow I started to follow like some Muslim women on YouTube. I believe I found some of them because I was wearing head wraps and I was looking up like how to tie your turban and stuff like that. And I stumbled upon these Muslim women. I don't really don't know how it happened. I want to say it's because I was looking up, um, hair tutorials and like makeup and stuff like that because I love makeup and things like that but I ended up finding Dina Tokia who's half Egyptian half Welsh Shad Patel she doesn't have a YouTube channel anymore but she's Sudanese Aisha Haroon which who is Haredi I think it's called Haredi she's like from that ethnic group I'm sorry if I pronounced her wrong in Ethiopia then Chenete aka Manal who's Ethiopian and trying to think of who else did I follow I feel like those were like the main four and then later on I started following Nora and Ryan and with Lena Lena with love and I believe those are the main Muslim women that I follow I believe but I started following them and I thought it was so cool how they would say inshallah alhamdulillah you know all those things I thought it was so beautiful that they how like God is incorporated so much in their life. They have phrases to like give thanks, like saying subhanAllah, which means glory to God, if you translate it into English. Um, Alhamdulillah, which means thank God. You know, inshallah, which means God willing, you would say that. And I thought it was so beautiful how they would say these things. And I was like intrigued and I will learn more. So fast forward to that. I believe it was my senior year of undergrad. I was like, you know what? Let me start going to church. Honestly, I think it's because of my mental health shift that I had in my junior year. I was like, oh, maybe like, you know, finding religion. I think that was a subconscious thought I had that finding religion would help me along the way. So I started going to this church 
And I would go there. I was faithful in going and stuff like that. But like, the I didn't really feel welcome there. It was a diverse church and stuff like that. They had Ethiopian people or East Africans. They had um, Hispanics, Asians, Black people and white people. But the area I live is majority white people. So I went there and I was like, you know, there's a few times that like we have to greet people around us. And when it came to like me greeting the white people, it didn't feel really welcoming. They like, it seemed like it was forced for them to say hi to me. But what was the turning point for me at that church is that they said Native Americans weren't civilized until Christianity came. And that set me off. I was like, what? What did you say? Native Americans wasn't civilized. So capturing their land and killing them and passing diseases onto them is civilized. I was like, you know what? I need to get out of here because I don't I don't stand for that. So I ended up leaving that church. And then I was like, not going to church for a long time. So I want to say that's like 2017-ish, around there. So I stopped going to church. And then I had another urge to like read the Bible, get more into like Christianity, and see if that is for me. So I started to go to another church. One of my friends had recommended me to go to this church. So I started to go there and I started to go and I think in the beginning of December. Like every um service that I went to in December touched me and made me cry because of the message of like, you know, having strong faith. It wasn't really like I wouldn't want to say like it wasn't the biblical parts that touched me. Um, it was more like the message, like, oh, have faith. Okay, I can have faith. It was nothing like a verse that stood out to me from the Bible that the preacher was saying. It was just like, you know, we all go through tough times, but God is there. It's just like general stuff that you would listen to if you're a spiritual person that can make you cry. So I started going there and I ended up going, well, joining a group for Christian women who have like, it's emotional freedom group. It was like to have Emotional stuff and being that I was having a mental health shift, um, I don't know if I mentioned that I was diagnosed with anxiety in 2017. So I said, oh, this group is going to be perfect for me. So when I went to the group, I would say I didn't really feel like present. I felt like I was there to try and feel like I'm present in this religion. I'm trying my effort in this religion, but it just never felt right. Wasn't I really didn't feel like the group was helping me that much. I felt like I was just there listening to people's stories. I can't tell you one thing I learned. We read this book. I never was like invested in the book. The book didn't really like make me want to read more and more. I just didn't feel it. I still haven't read the rest of the book. I never picked it up again after leaving that group. Then the pandemic hit and we were doing the group virtually. And then the group stopped because it was like a lot for people. And, you know, I didn't really feel like I was lost again. I had another mental health shift. I felt like I wasn't getting better. I felt like I was trying something, trying Christianity, and it wasn't really helping me. So then I was watching the church services online. And then this pastor who, when I was a Christian, was my favorite pastor of all times. If you're a Christian who's listening to this, I think you should listen to Pastor Robert Madrid. He is, he lives in Texas. He is, mom is African-American. His dad is Nigerian and he's funny. And his wife is down to earth. I like, you know, humble people who are down to earth and don't act highty tighty. 
and show their true self. And I feel like they give off that. But I found like Robert Madhu that started to listen to him. And then I found out he had his own like church called Social Dallas. So I started listening to that and I felt really good listening to him preach and stuff like that. What he was talking about, like his, like, it was nice. It was like relatable, you know? There wasn't like a message that really like stood out to me, but I just like how relatable and he would like relate to life and relate different stories. I loved it. So during this time, I still didn't finish the Bible. I never really, I was reading it, but I never really felt 101% or like 101%, wow, 100% invested in finishing it. I was keep telling myself, oh, I'm going to finish it. When I finish it, I'm going to get baptized and all this, all that, blah, 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 blah. So then I think it was late January hit. I was like, you know what? Let me see when the next baptism was. I don't know where that idea came from. So I messaged them and they were like, oh, the next baptism is this week. So no, it was, it was in February. And I'm like, this week? She's like, yeah, you can sign up. We're still taking people. So I signed up to do it and I submitted. After I submitted signing up, I literally had the biggest panic attack. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know if this religion is for me. There's some things that I don't agree with in Christianity. I don't understand this. That a lot. I was like going through it. I had a come. I like text my dad like, Dad, I like signed up for baptism. How am I supposed to do this? Like, you know, Christians were the ones who enslaved us, black people, and brought us to the Caribbean, and they changed part of the Bible, and they did all this stuff, and like. And now I'm joining this religion and I know there's good and bad in every religion, but I can't wrap my mind around that. So I was like freaking out, telling my, called my best friend, Sarah. I was like, Sarah, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, she's like, oh, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, I guess that it's going to be good. I did my, called another friend of mine who was a Christian who, um, I asked her like, what was her opinion and stuff like that. So I got baptized on February 14th, 2021, Valentine's Day. And I was so outside of myself that I didn't invite anybody to come and see me. It was last minute too, but I knew that in my, like, with me, I would invite people with me. I'm the type of person, if I'm going to an event or there's something important in my life, I will invite people. But I didn't want nobody there. And that says a lot from like me where I was in my life that I didn't want nobody there that's not like me so I'm there by myself and I didn't know what to expect we got like a t-shirt that said meet the new me and it says baptism and we got like a certificate that says your baptism date and that was it they had like a little chat before we all lined up to this pool to get dip in, to get dipped in the water during the the part of the service where they're playing music and I'm watching like people, family clap for them. And I was like, in a way, I was like, damn, I wish my family was here. Like, I thought that. So then I get baptized and the preacher is saying stuff to me. I have no idea what she said, what happened. I just remember being dipped in the water, people clapping, me coming out, me changing my clothes and sitting in the corner by myself after I got baptized. There was no like talk afterwards. They said there is going to be this class that we can do that says um, for new people to the religion and stuff like that. So I said, okay, I will go to that. That's the only thing that I got. And ironically, right after I got baptized, the service is going on and I'm on my phone scrolling on Instagram 
and listening to Mufti Mank. If y'all don't know who Mufti Mank is, he's an Islamic scholar. I guess you can say, I don't know, is he an imam? Like, I don't know the difference yet. Like, Mufti, I think he's an Islamic scholar versus and not an imam. But um, I'm listening to him right after I got baptized. Isn't that ironic? So then I go to the class, and I didn't really, like, I wasn't invested. I didn't really learn anything. And I felt like I was living a facade of this Christian life. I would post Christian quotes and be like, yeah, I feel this way. I feel that way. But I wasn't 100% believing in them. And sometimes I would post quotes from like the page Muslim or like Islamic stuff. I would post that into my Instagram stories. And then I will feel like, okay, okay, I post this, but I'm a Christian though. So let me go find a Christian quote and post that. So it could look like I like liked both of them. I just like was like relating it to God and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I found myself doing that. And during that time, I started this new job and it was not what I expected. It took a lot of toll on me men- um, mentally because I didn't like certain aspects of what was going on. And I remember like my mental health like shifting really bad than what it shifted in 2020. And I was like, something is going on here. Let me go and make an appointment and see what is happening. So I go to the doctor. They had me fill out this emotional questionnaire. Every question I answered negatively. And I'm like, yo, something is going on here. And the doctor came and she goes, I know you have anxiety passing chart, but I think you're also suffering with depression. And I'm like, what? I have anxiety and depression too? What are you going to tell me next? I have diabetes? Like, I was just like, this is too much for me to be dealing with. And she goes, honestly, you had anxiety since 2017. That's what we have on our list. And I see that you don't have taken any medication. So what has been your coping strategies? I was like, I have a sound bowl that I play. I do meditation. I like burnt, do aromatherapy, like scents and stuff to help calm me down. And she goes, yeah, but you're still having problems, even though you're doing that. So why don't we try medication? And I was so like anti-medication. I feel like everybody is when it comes to that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start medication. And alhamdulillah, the medication worked because I'm better now. You see me. if you, I'm happy. I'm doing my thing. But I'll get more into that. So I started the medication and so forth. So that was in like May 2020. So through the um throughout that I was like, you know, trying to figure trying to like really dive into my trauma, trying to, you know, like learn more about it, really tackle it this time because this time I was not really in school. Well, I was in school. I was taking classes. Was I taking classes at that time? No, I was not taking classes at that time because after I graduated um with my master's in public health, I started taking classes for the global health certificate. I believe I had finished it, finished the classes in the spring. So during the fall time, I'm like recovering, re like diving back into my trauma, really like trying to figure it out, trying to find better coping mechanisms because the one that I had before were not working. So I was doing that and I gained a lot of weight during that time. And I know, I don't, um, I know like some like depression medications make you gain weight. And also being that I was suffering with depression, like I didn't feel like going outside. I would just sit, I would like not I would not bear, um, not eat that much. And when I did eat, I would like want like weird craving things that probably weren't as best for me. But um, 
So I was doing that. And I just felt like lost in a way again. And then I had a family member pass away towards the end of the year. And like after his service and after like, you know, being there with people, I said, you know what? I really need to figure out what I really want to do, how I really want to get better with my mental health. I was like, you know what? Let me put though, because you know, in our the Caribbean culture, if you gain weight, your family, that's the first thing your family say, Oh God, you gain weight. What going on? You need to lose this. Nobody asks you about your like mental state or nothing. I said, you know what? Let me put my weight aside. I said, who I can lose the weight. That is something that I can lose later, later on. But what I can't continue to lose is my mind because my mind is not right. And um, the, the doctor, she said that it takes six months to a year for you to see changes. So I'm like, I'm not going to see changes right away. I really have to work on this, work on my mind, making sure my mind is right, finding my purpose, finding what I want to do. And, you know, starting to realize that me getting baptized in this Christian religion did not seem like it was serving me. Um, I tried to make it work. I tried many times. I was like, oh, maybe this is a test. I tried so many things but nothing worked. So fast forward to January. Me and my mom, we started to watch Islam for Kids. I don't know why I started watching Islam for Kids, what happened, if it was recommended, but I started watching it. So I started watching Islam for Kids and I was like, oh, this is interesting. The like difference between like, you know, some of the stories that's in the Bible, like Joseph, Moses and stuff, stuff like that. I was like learning about that, how Jesus is viewed, a little bit more about the prophet Muhammad, um, the prophet Muhammad, so aka you may hear me say Rasul Allah, that's also the prophet Muhammad, um, so I was watching that and I was like, this is interesting, so I started to look up like Qurans, like what to read online, I didn't know which Quran to buy because I wanted to make sure I bought an authentic one. So I asked my friend what Quran does she have, and she sent me it. And um, I like had it in my cart. I was listening more to Mufti Mank and finding other like Islamic stuff. And I was like, I really want to read the Quran, but I never bought it. It was just like in my in my um Amazon cart, waiting to be bought, but I never bought it. Then it's like I believe a week before Eid, the week before Eid, one of my friends who um, is Egyptian and is Muslim, she was like, oh, my mom gifted me with a Quran recently. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want a Quran. I was like, I always want to read it. I was like, I will give your family money to go and buy me the, a Quran because I want one. And she was like, okay, we'll do it. She's like, she's like, hey, me and my family, we left Manhattan to go to Queens to get you the Quran. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So I got the Quran and she told me like, you know, the basic rules, like don't put it on the floor. You can't read it um, when you're in your period and you can't put place things on top of the Quran. So I started reading it and subhanAllah, the first 10 pages made me cry. I never read any religious book that has brought tears to my eyes. But the Quran did. And when I think about it, it makes me get a little emotional. But it brought tears to my eyes. And I was like, something is here. Something is happening. So I was like, you know, my goal is to finish this book. I want to finish it. 
So later on, I'm listening to Mufti Mank on his podcast on Apple Apple Podcast, and he is has a guest Naima B. Roberts, and she's talking about this book group and stuff for all the women who want to write a book. She has like a free um book thing that's going on, so you can join. So I was like, you know what? Let me join this group. So I joined and I asked her. I was like, hey. I'm not Muslim, but I'm learning more about Islam. Is it okay for me to join this group? And she was like, yes, join. So I joined the group and these women were so welcome, welcoming to me. I told them that I was learning more about Islam and they said, they were like greeting me. It just felt like I was in the right space. SubhanAllah, I was in the right space. So I'm in this group with these beautiful Muslim women and we all talking about books and like, you know, what ideas are what our ideas are, and so forth. And I just felt, you know, so open, like, not open, so welcomed. And even after me, you know, converting, so many women that I have met made me feel so welcomed. And, you know, you could tell that it's genuine happiness that these women are giving me. And they really want me to succeed in this religion. And I'm like, I did not have that when I converted, when I like, well, when I not, I didn't have that when I had my baptism. Nobody came out and said, oh, let me support you and stuff like that. How are things going? I did not have that. But in Islam, we have umrah, which means community. We're all community-based, making sure the community is good. And the woman in the masjid, aka mosque, that I go to, they were all super supportive and so loving. And and when they found out I was a revert, the amount of love, and they said, I'm so proud of you and stuff like that. Just the, like, you know, the, the blessings and the messages that they were giving me were so beautiful. And um, I'm so thankful for that. So after me being in the book group, I watch so many videos about Islam. I love, I watch a lot by Omar Suleiman and Mufti Mink. I watch their videos. I watch videos about people who converted to Islam. I watch videos about people who left the religion to like learn more why people are leaving. I learned about Black history in Islam. I also looked up slavery in Islam because they did have like the Arab slave trade. So I was learning more about that. Um, how they view slaves in the Quran, because that was important. I wanted to know, like, you know, because the Bible has information about slaves. So I wanted to see what the Quran had. I was watching, like, how to practice do wudu. Wudu is what we do before we pray. It's like cleansing our bodies. So we have to wash certain parts of bodies. Doing that, the steps to prayer, because we pray five times a day, which I have been doing recently. Um, SubhanAllah, and it's been amazing. Alhamdulillah. And... Yeah, I was just watching those videos. And through watching those videos, and, you know, I had to watch the movie Balal. Um, the, the, I think it's the new breed. It's like a cartoon story. Some of y'all may know it. And I remember watching it and learning about how Balal and learning about he was the first one to um, do the Adan on the Kaaba in Mecca and stuff like that. So just reading it, and like I was thinking, like I was just like thinking about that one day, like about the religion and stuff like that. And one night I am in dream world, um, and this is my first time ever having any 
any religious aspect in my dream before. And I felt like at that moment, like, it was like, yeah, girl, this is about to be for you. So I had a dream that I went to Mecca and I went to the mosque. I can't remember the name right now. Forgive me, y'all. Um, that has the Kaaba. And I was there with a group of people. We weren't dressed in, like, the white and black that most people were in. I was, like, in regular schmegler clothes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was dream world. Nothing really, there's no, like, you know, there's no, like, condensation of what's reality in your dream world. So I'm there and I'm walking around the Kaaba just walking around and I believe you're supposed to walk around it seven times. And I believe in my dream, I was like, okay, this is my last time going around. And I remember doing that. Then I remember that we all sat down afterwards. And then I was talking to the people around me. And then there were some people watching us on the sidelines. And I was, then I woke up and I was like, I really had a dream about me going to Mecca. What? And then um, after we had like went to the Kaaba and stuff, we went to, there was like a part of the mosque that had like a garden. I don't know if there's a garden there, but if there is a garden there, that would be awesome. But we went to a garden and they had like beautiful fruit and stuff like that. We were eating the fruit and just talking. And that's how my dream ended. And I was just like, I have never had a religious dream before. Like, this is wild. So um, later that week, Muslim, the page on Instagram, they posted a picture of the Kaaba. And people standing on the sidelines. And when I saw that, I was like, that's how they were standing in my dream. Subhanallah. Like, wallahi, I'm serious. Like, that is how they were, like, where they were standing in my dream. Like, similar. And I'm like, my dream looks similar to this. This is what it really looks like. Wow. I was like, I never, like, when I read the Bible, I never had a dream like this before. So I continued to read the Quran and, you know, cry at certain aspects of it. I would listen to certain parts of, like, you know, imams reciting the Quran and just start bawling. And when I think about it, it makes me want to cry again because it brings me so much peace to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, it brings like serenity and like peacefulness when I hear it it makes me want to cry out of happiness just listening to certain parts of the Quran like the other day I was doing I think I was doing my um Isha prayer and in the middle of it I just felt like crying like I started to cry and I was like what is happening and like the other day I like had a good cry when I was just thinking about like Islam and stuff like that and where I am my journey and I like literally was crying like really hard of like it wasn't sad tears obviously it was just like I don't know what the tears were for I think it was just like happiness and contentment because since doing my shahada I would say that I was like say it was um a cup half full right half of the stuff has been full from like what I have done work on myself but there was another part of me that was missing and now let's let's look at the other half that's empty. Let's say that's 100%, right? After converting to Islam, 90% of the rest of the cup that wasn't that needed to be filled was filled. 10% is stuff I need to work on, you know? And then with Islam, alhamdulillah, or with Islam, inshallah, 
after all that, I went to go visit family in Toronto. And I went to this museum called the Aga Khan Museum. And it's a Muslim museum that mostly has to do with like, you know, like Iran, Afghanistan area, Islamic history. So I went there and I was so excited to go there because I'm like, this is on my list. I want to go there because I'm learning more about Islam. I want to see what they had. So I go there and there's like beautiful, beautiful Quran manuscripts from like the seventh century, I believe. And I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. SubhanAllah. I'm like, I am here. And I was just there. And I felt like crying again. And I'm just like, why? I'm like, this religion is really, really like pulling me. Like there's something that I'm connected to. And I really believe that I was Muslim before I knew I was Muslim. Because when I look back in every aspect of where I worked after I graduate, well, after I graduated undergrad, I will always want to know, like, making sure I was protecting Muslim people. Like, I would protect, like, immigrants and Muslim people. That was, like, a big thing because I'm born to immigrant parents. And something about Muslim people, like, told me that I need to, like, make sure that their rights are met in this healthcare setting. And I always, like, would stick up for them. So I was, like, Islam was in my heart before I knew it. So after we left Toronto, I got in touch with the mosque and I was telling all my friends like you know if I could do my shahada tomorrow I would and basically I, my first meeting with the imam I told him my story and stuff like that he's like wow beautiful story then he's like okay this is what you say when you do your shahada so I was like okay so I'm like doing this I'm thinking we're practicing after we finish He's like, congratulations and welcome to Islam. And the other people in the room are like, a hum, um, it's like Allah Akbar. And I was like, what? I'm Muslim now? And it was so funny because subhanahu wa ta'ala was like, yeah, I was not letting you leave this masjid without becoming a Muslim. I know this was your first time in this mosque, but you will become a Muslim the first time you <laughs> come here. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And I remember afterwards, I was like, I only have two hijabs because I had bought two hijabs because I knew I wanted to go to the mosque. I'm like, I only have two. I need to go and buy more. So I like went to the store because I knew after I did my shahada, I wanted to dress more modestly and wear a hijab. So I'm like panicking because I felt like I thought I was going to do my shahada next month. I had an outfit in my Etsy cart that I wanted to wear. I knew who I was going to invite. I wanted to rent out um, an Airbnb for the day to have like some friends over and then like, you know, have food catered to us and stuff like that and just have like a really good celebration. But Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala was like, ma'am, that sounds all good and all, but this is how we're going to write your story. This is how it's going to happen. And it wasn't how I planned, but Allah, it is what God willed. That story that happened is funny in a sense, but it's beautiful because it was this right place and the right time for me. So, like I said, since I did my shahada almost two months ago, I feel so loved, so at peace, you know. I have a project that's coming out, inshallah that would go into more details because this is like the really like quick version. There's a lot more of the story that I did not talk about. But 
I'm so happy. I'm so content. I'm so thankful. I'm so happy that I have parents and family and friends who supported me along this journey. A lot of people have seen how different I have been, more happy. Um, There's more of a glow to me. I feel more content. I feel more confident. It's like, you know, like um, after I converted, I had a therapy session and my therapist was like, you have improved so much and I'm so proud of you from like where you started to where you are now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. Like, I was like, what? Like, she's telling me I did so much better, which is like a blessing in itself. And now that my mental health is good, I can go start by going to the gym and get my weight back on track, inshallah. <laughs> but that's real life. And I didn't want it to, I wanted to be real and raw because that's the best stories to tell to be real and raw and that's how you inspire people and that's how you help people in your community by sharing your story with them and letting them know what happens and stuff like that so that's how that's my story about me converting to islam subhanallah and thank you for listening and i hope that you subscribe to my podcast and listen to more episodes to come Assalamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.